0: Hi, this is Tim Krolski. Most people might think they know what goes on in the life of a truck driver, but we thought it was time to understand the person that operates the truck, to find what actually drives them, and what really goes on before and after the brakes get set. Welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello this is Tim Krolski and I'm here with Larry Gannon. Uh, Larry's been with Garner for almost five years now, since June of 2015. Yes. so almost five years pretty exciting oh yes <laughs> I think it's a great accomplishment it takes uh, it takes a special individual to be able to get out on the road and, and do this job for for five plus years and um, certainly we're happy that you're a part of our fleet um, I wanted to start today and just talk a little bit about your roots you know kind of where where you've come from. Um, I know that you are from uh, the Cleveland area. It's warm to my heart. I'm originally from Lorain, Ohio, so we kind of speak the same Deutsch as far as that's concerned. But um, talking a little bit about your history, you know, your childhood, what you were into at, at a younger age before, you know, we started work, before we kind of got real.
1: Okay. I mean, I high school I played football, and um, that's pretty much about it. And then after high school I went in the uh, Army, did fifteen years there, went in there as a thirty-one Victor communication
0: specialist, then went into special ops. What um, what did the communication side of things? What did that entail for you?
1: It was radio repair and field security. Okay. Scrambler devices and stuff like that. That's they're not supposed to hear on when you talk. Okay. Special so, machines. Yep. Special machines.
0: You know. So only one person can hear what you're talking about. So that technical background served you well. You you got into um, being an electrician, correct? Correct. After, after after being out of the military, and thank you for your service. By the way, I've got two boys that are both in the in the military. Actually, one that's still in, and one that's uh, that's that's finished his time in the military. And um, I, I don't think there's really anything greater that you can give um, uh, to to keep us all free. So I, I appreciate your service. Thank you. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that life uh, after the military. It was, you know, I got into commercial electrician
1: and did a lot of factories, got into high voltage, and then an injury occurred, and I ended up having to quit electrical and
0: went into trucking. Okay, and we're certainly happy to have you. Uh, as far as your, your other background family, you've got, uh, got some kids, and... Yes. Uh, i got
1: a 36-year-old son, a 33-year-old daughter, 31-year-old daughter, and a 13-year-old.
0: Now, are they all close by? Are they, they all live in the Cleveland area? Are they scattered all over? Or? Well, my one daughter lives in Columbus. She's a 33-year-old.
1: My son lives maybe a half hour from us. Okay. My 31-year-old lives in Chicago. Is that right? Did you go and visit? No. <laughs> what, is that, drive through there is that what it is?
0: <laughs> I drive through there enough. I don't need to visit. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate mm. that. I mean. And she... obviously the youngest is still at home. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So what uh, what career paths have they chosen? They they. Uh... Well, my uh, one son works in a factory, and my one daughter
1: in Columbus, she works in designing. And the one in in, in Chicago
0: is uh, banking. Okay. It's a variety of different County, things. So, just goes to show yeah. the spectrum of things we all we all fall into in life. Yep. Pretty interesting. Now, Mary, Do they have kids? You have grandkids? I have two grandkids. Okay, that's it. Excellent. Well, that's enough, right? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, how old? Uh, the boys, one is girls?
1: twelve, and the other one's nine. Okay, that's you know
0: so very young yet. Yep. Still impressionable. Excellent. Excellent. I know we had talked earlier uh, about uh, the, the training that you went through. You were, went with uh, Great, Great Lakes. Lakes. Yes. Great Lakes. Um, I mentioned, too, that uh, my, my CDL training was down in Medina, Ohio, uh, so relatively close as far as the proximity of training. And um, it, it, you know, it has some, certainly some value, and it teaches you a few things along the way. But when you made that, uh, that move from getting your CDL through Great Lakes – uh, and getting into the truck and, and, and training and, and coming on board, what uh, what was that experience like for you to you recall? You know that, that that time frame, getting out there, learning things for the first time. Um, you know what mistakes did you did you make then that you won't make again? I mean,
1: I don't know if I made any mistakes,
0: but um, it was it was just
1: exciting to see different places and travel. Where you're not paying for it, I mean you're you're getting a free ride somewhere pretty much, and there's a lot of nice places that you can
0: go see in a truck. I agree. Yeah. What 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 would you say is kind of the landmark point, the thing that you that you that you saw behind the wheel of the truck that you didn't think you'd get a chance to see? Probably going to Texas. Yeah, that was a nice run. Yeah, all the way to Te- Laredo,
1: Texas. That was nice. You don't you don't get too many chances to go that far.
0: Yeah, well that's true, especially with a company like ours. Yes. You know, traditionally, we try to keep things east of the Mississippi if we can. I know for me, um, back in my driving days, I, I remember very clearly um, coming to St. Louis and um, seeing the arch You know, behind the wheel of the truck. I, I remember it was uh, maybe 7.30 at night, so the traffic was a little calmer, and I just remember thinking at that point in time, I cannot believe that I have a job where, as you're saying, you can see this stuff for free. Um, and it's not all fun and games out there, but, um, it's those types of moments that really kind of, you keep near and dear. And here I am, you know, it's, it's, it's been, uh, 23 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still remember that as, as vividly as that day. So those experiences and things that you have, those first time moments, it it really does mean something as you're out on the road and I guess Mm -hmm. getting your feet wet, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to talk about a few things in the world of trucking. You know, we, obviously we that personal, that background, and, and knowing a little bit more about you, it certainly helps us and, and all the, the audience that might be listening in to get a better idea of who you are. Um, you know, you've know, you got uh, some training now behind you. You've got several trainees that, uh, that you've brought through our program here at Garner, and we appreciate that. It's a difficult gig to be able to train others and get them sharp. But if you could, if you could kind of, again, go back to your beginnings what advice would you give somebody then, uh, you know, as they're getting into the industry or c- coming to work for Garner? You know, it, it, it's it's kind of two different things, right? Because you go out and you get the training. You get enough to kind of be dangerous and get out on the road and learn how to operate a tractor trailer. But then it's a whole other experience once you get past that education piece and you start applying that stuff in a real-world situation. So what advice would you give? I mean, I
1: tell a lot of the trainer, trainees that it's – you got to watch because you're going to be going five six days you know you got to work with the family on that because that's the hardest part of the whole thing with the training is trying to get them to work around not being able to call their spouse or get in contact with them because we're training we stop at different hours in the night it might be one o'clock in the morning you can't be calling your spouse at one o'clock in the morning they might be so not if you want to keep them right right <laughs> and the thing is is that's the hardest part of the whole gig is working with the spouse and being able to get
0: over that because that's that's the hardest part of the whole thing well, I know we've had some conversation about that in the past that when you get into um, the the strength I guess that's required you know by by both parties um, the individual that, that that is behind to take care of the the individual that's there to take care of the day-to-day tasks, you know, whether it's bills or, you know, we kind of live in a world now where I think you can kind of share some of that responsibility because we have connectivity to the internet. I, you know, you can pay a bill by the phone if you need to, but, um, you know, the the day-to-day of, of bill paying, the, uh, the yard maintenance, um, uh, any upkeep, you know, laundry, all these different pieces. If you have kids, young kids, you've got to have those individuals that are home and strong enough to be able to handle those situations. Um, I know Commonplace. We've heard stories about, you know, the heater goes out in the wintertime or the AC goes out in the summertime or, um, you know, there's a problem with some utility and uh, the individual that's behind may have to be the one that's, that's dealing with that. But conversely, on, this, on the other side of that coin, you have the individual that's out on the road. And that person has to be the right wiring, the right strength to be able to handle the job as well. Because for different reasons, then it's, it's just as difficult for that person yeah. that's out there.
1: It's hard for when you're on the road if something, issue comes up at home and you can't be there. It, right. it's, it's hard, but hopefully they can get around it and get there and get whatever needs to be done, done.
0: With a little guidance. And I think, you know, years ago, I, I started back in 97, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but in terms of technology and the amount of changes that there have been since since that time, um, cell phones were still not relatively new, but not, not everybody had one and not everybody was using them. Certainly, your, you know, your your 12-year, 13-year-old didn't have a cell phone at that time. It was mostly adults that were carrying those things around. Hell, I was still buying calling cards and those types of things when I first started. So um, it's a little, the connectivity is a little bit better. It it allows you to at least have some sort of relationship, you know, with with that individual that's being left behind. Or if you have that quick question, you know, that problem that's come up that maybe has a quick solution to it that you know the answer to, to be able to take a phone call or or be able to send a text if you're, you know, in a parked position or something, that's, I, I think that at least can be a little bit more helpful now versus what it was Oh, yeah. Years ago. As you've gotten started, and, you know, certainly with, with, with the training that you've done, I know that you've got to have some tools, um, some resources that you've found that really work for you out on the road. Uh, what what are some of those things that, that, that you can say with confidence, yeah, I use this all the time, and here's why?
1: I mean, I use Google Map or Google Earth. like <clears throat> teach trainees to look at the build, physical building that we're going to because the addresses are for the store, not for where your shipping and receiving is. Your trucker path, to find truck stops, and I got Trucker Pro, which I use. What's the Trucker Pro? It's a it's a truck route and it still shows the building so you can get familiar with the truck route, but I don't use it as I use my GPS. I don't use anything as a as way a to get
0: to, to, to the customer because, right. you know, you don't want that error Right, right. But, you know, again, this day and age, you have all of those pieces right at your fingertips that really allow you to kind of zoom in on that location, see where the docks are, find out what the best drive to use is, you know, those types of things. It becomes invaluable, I think, to you as a driver out on the road. So in terms of resources, not only uh, with some of the apps that you spoke about, but even just simple things like Google. Uh, That can help you kind of zero down and really understand what you're going to get yourself into once you get to that final mile, right? Yep. That's that's pretty important stuff. Um, Now, as far as the the training that you do, do you you get your students then started off with those types of tools, um, or do you wait on that? No, I start them right off the get-go. I mean, even if I'm driving,
1: before we move, I have them look at, put the customer address in. Let them find out where the shipping dock's at, where the dock's at, which driveway to go in, so you're facing the right way. Because you got, you go in the wrong driveway, you can't make a U-turn.
0: Right, right, yeah, that's
1: that, right? It's it. You got to make sure you go in the right driveway. (laughs) You go in the wrong one,
0: and I get them look at the map too. I think we all kind of have our own strengths, our own weaknesses. Is uh, especially when we get into the job place and, and the workforce and we figure out what we're good at, what we're not good at. What what special skills would you say uh, that you've either already possessed or that you've really honed in on that have helped you uh, be the driver that you are today? Probably my sense of direction. I mean, because,
1: I mean, I'm pretty good at remembering routes, truck stops, and stuff like that where I can help a lot of drivers out. I do help a lot of drivers out. They call me up running short on time. Mm-hmm. I can rattle off a truck
0: stop, tell them exactly how many parking spots there, and I don't even know, I don't even look on my phone. That brings up a really good question, you know, especially as your kind of first point of contact with a trainee. How much uh, how much time do you spend after they've been out of your, you know, out, out from the comfort of your wings, so to speak, that you um, still take those calls and, and still, is, is it the majority of your trainees? Is it, there's a select few? It's pretty much all of them. I still get calls from from uh, Ben.
1: I get calls from Brian, ask me about routes. He says, I'm running short on time. You know, I can't look at my phone. I can't find out where Chuck's up. I ask him where he's at. I think about it. I'm driving at the time and I go, okay, just go 34 miles up the road or 30 miles up the road and there's a TA there.
0: It's got 174 parking spots. So, so still humanity is a resource. Is that it, what you're it, telling me? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and,
1: and you know, they'll get there and they said, how do you to remember those things? I said, you know... Just do. It goes back to your
0: your sense of direction. Yeah,
1: and the thing is, doing the route over, I know exactly where I'm going for a
0: truck stop. I don't even have to look. I know how far I can get. Right. Well, and I again, you know, some of what we do uh, is repetitive, so yep. it helps the driver. You, you you get a sense of confidence and a, a sense of uh, comfortability towards. This is where I'm headed. I know where I can stop. You know, before and after, and uh, I think that kind of settles down. You know some of the anxiety that you can feel out on the road. I, for me, I always thrived on that new experience, that new place to go, and um the adventure of 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 doing that. But not everybody's wired that way. Not everybody cares to 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 have that much adventure. Right. <laughs> and I so mean, it's it's important. Yeah. Larry, we talked a little bit about you know our kind of our first experiences. You talked a little bit about. Your trip to texas and and uh you know kind of what that that meant to you to to go and and see those things that you didn't think you'd get a chance to see behind the wheel of a truck what is your favorite memory you know related to the job you know at this point getting into my first truck
1: i mean it's nice to set your truck up the way you want to and it it's yours until they get to give you a new one but it was it's just nice
0: the trucks are, are great they're fantastic well, I appreciate I you it. saying that. Thank you. Um, anything special or specific that you require while you're out on the road that might be a little unique or different from uh, maybe someone else? I you know I had told you earlier I was surprised the first time I saw a driver, he had uh, maybe a 32-inch television. And, you know, at that time he had the big, you know, two big back, back TVs and, and uh, he had a PlayStation inside there. And I just couldn't believe someone had, you know, an entire gaming system inside the truck.
1: I mean, may I just have the standard? I mean, pretty much a like refrigerator, microwave, thirty-six inch TV, Blu-ray, um, about a
0: hundred movies, and a projector that I watch movies. That's unique on the side of the truck. Yeah, that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. We, you know, we purchased uh, actually purchasing a total of a hundred trailers. The first fifty have come in, and of course, you know, I'm uh, a huge fan of the big black Garner truck, and uh, that includes the trailer. So um we're going to wipe out some of those white garner trailers minus a few rentals so your movie watching experience might go down a little bit out on the road but you still have a TV and certainly you can stop by here and show a movie if you wanted well, right i can still watch them in the truck that is absolutely true that you is know, absolutely true i got a
1: i got a projector screen that magnets that rolls up and puts on the side of the truck
0: that is fair <laughs> when you uh, when you reflect on the job um, and those folks that, you know, some succeed, some uh, decide that this lifestyle, the the job isn't for them. What, what are those factors that help someone either succeed or contribute towards that failure uh, within the industry? What do you see as the kind of the common things that are positive for those that really get it, understand it, and get out on, on the road and make it happen, and those that just find that this isn't going to work for them? It's the time away from home, okay. away from your girlfriend or your wife,
1: new wife. It's, they, I don't know if it's the trust or they just don't want to be away from home that often. That's why a lot of them, you know, you know what, I want to be home every day. You know, this isn't the life for me, you know, and the communication part. Okay. They can't communicate with their spouse or their girlfriend because of the hours. You can't use the phone while you're driving, pretty much. And the hours that you park. You, you,
0: the communication's not there a lot. What What about those that are successful? Um, certainly you have, you mentioned some great names in terms of folks within our fleet that really have a, um, some strength behind the wheel that do a great job for us. Uh, what What makes them successful? Their spouses at home are picking up
1: the uh the leftovers that they have to take care of okay you know, when they're not away and they're they're understanding they know they can't become calling the husband or boyfriend all the time or wife and um uh, that's where the big thing is is working with each
0: other and trusting each other okay i think that's great advice and certainly some some valuable insight for those that are just getting into the industry to take us completely off topic, and I have no uh, better non-sequitur than to say, what would you say is your favorite word? Dinner time. <laughs> Isn't that favorite for everybody? Yes. Especially <laughs> what, me. You do a lot of your own cooking and, and um, preparation over the weekend, I think, which is really important if you're getting out on the road. keeps the cost down. What's your favorite thing to eat?
1: Um, I like the, the TA buffets. Okay. You know, and... A lot of times you know if i got a trainee i treat them i believe that i treat them to the buffet i treat them to denny's they don't pay for food on the road okay well maybe i should come out and train with you for you know, a while you know and if we're here several times we went to roadhouse i bought at roadhouse a great place to eat yep yeah. And Frickers.
0: You know me. I love my Frickers. (laughs) You you enjoy a wing every now and again. I know I walked into the building a couple of weeks ago, and it's immediate, you know, for those of us who know that particular brand. Uh, As soon as I walked in the building, I knew that there was Frickers on the loose somewhere. Somewhere somebody had some. (laughs) So certainly you can't hide that scent. Um, You know, we talked about some of your strengths. What, What would you say you're not very good at? I don't know. That's the hard one to say. I don't know. Okay. N- nothing that, um, in your experience, like I've tried and I've tried and I've tried this. I just can't. I can't get there. I know mine's a unicycle. I tried that when I was a kid, and I just couldn't get it together. No, I don't think. I don't know if I have anything. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, I told you. X-ray vision. Yeah. That's I, the I one. need to
1: see what these guys in the shipping and <laughs> receiving are doing because
0: they take forever. So now what would you do with that information if you, if you uh-huh. saw... If you saw some shenanigans happening, I've said it already a few times. I said, guys, you know, my time's
1: running time. I'm not going to be running out of time in the dock if you guys going to sit there and keep chit chatting together.
0: <laughs> in their world, in the, in their domain, um, I know we've kind of t- had some conversation that's been a little one sided, and I want to give you an opportunity to to discuss the things that you want to talk about as well, um, industry related or otherwise. But uh, what? what things uh, do you want to talk about today I mean I, I talked to you about it before about
1: the broker loads jail you know, broker loads were having a lot of issues on the delivery time the pickup time the, the detention time I mean I understand it's between the shipper and the receiver there's something going on there but you know broker tells you it delivers this time receiver says no it delivers this
0: time so you end up sitting for quite a long time I think um, I think that's something that's always been the challenge and I know that uh, when you when we have those conversations and we're in a situation where you're, you're kind of stuck because you're in the middle and it's at the end of the day it is all about human beings human beings that pick up freight and deliver freight they load the freight they they unload the freight um, but the more moving parts I think you put into this thing sometimes it, it gets more difficult all the different technologies that have to kind of speak to one another in terms of the shipper and the receiver, those ordering processes. If you're you know, talking about a broker load, now you've added a third party that's involved with that, plus then um, the carrier and, and down to the driver. So you've got all these moving parts, and uh, none of us are infallible. Obviously, we all are prone to make a mistake and, and um, do the wrong thing from time to time, it happens. But at the end of the day, none of that's real consolation for the driver that's sitting there and waiting to be unloaded uh, and the best that we can do is say i need you to keep track of your time uh, so we can get you paid appropriately which in my experience for any driver that you say that to it's it's an automatic killer because drivers are meant to drive yep. you know they're they're ready to go they want to put down some miles and even mm-hmm. though you're getting paid you don't feel like you're functioning. You don't feel like it's you know correct it's, yeah it, it's time well spent. You could yeah. be doing something else. You could be doing something. I mean, better. you can only sleep so much in the truck. You can only watch so many movies, right? right? And
1: when you're yeah, you know, you've got 30, 40 hours
0: behind in the sleeper or in the truck waiting to get unloaded. That that's rough. Yeah yeah, yeah I absolutely understand it, um, and I think that's where it's really important and I, the message we always try to get out. And I think, quite frankly, you do a great job of the the communication piece when we get into those situations that we're talking about it right away, that we find out what the, the, the core of that problem is and go to the source and get some answers and try and get some movement in those situations. Um, I know you know, kind of drawing on kind of the same sort of thing. I had uh, a broker load many, many years ago. Now I will, I will remain nameless the customer that, that I was at, but I, I recall reading an entire book, um, doing uh, some drawings and renderings, and uh, doing everything, but but getting sleep because you know it was the start of a day. Um, you're fresh. You're ready to go. You've set yourself up perfectly for what's going to come next. So you got hours to be able to run that freight and do that next move. And it's very stifling and very frustrating to be in those situations. Yeah, it's just kind of a side effect of the industry sometimes. Now, when we get into other situations where it's a customer that we've been to, you know, a thousand times and we run into the same things. Um, that's where, as, as a carrier, we have to stand up and just say, hey, look, you, we can't continue to do this. We can't continue to haul this freight um, because it's at the detriment of our, of our drivers. Uh, it's, it's sucking away their time. It's no utilization for the equipment. Um, it hurts everybody at that point. Yes. So, I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's, it's a reality. And, um, you know, to ignore those things that are kind of a negative in the industry would, would, would be a bad plan, especially in this type of forum um, anything else from an industry standpoint that, uh, you know, hot topic, hot buttons or anything that uh, that you're focused on right now? Anything you're concerned with out there? No. What about in the personal life? We, we talked about all these different things, but uh, what about hobbies? What about, uh, what are the things you most enjoy? I do a lot of, a
1: go- little bit of golfing, some fishing, camping. You know, I got a camper up in Port Clinton and I go to, uh, South Carolina,
0: or yeah, South Carolina. To visit my uh, father-in-law. Okay. So you got a couple of different spots you can yep. escape to, and uh, do you do you, uh, enjoy lake fishing? You enjoy ocean fishing? Ocean fishing. Okay. All right. What do you like to fish for in the ocean? W- whatever I can catch. I don't keep anything. I just catch them. Ca- catch and release. Yep. That's it. that's not a bad plan. You're not nope. catching any shark or anything like that, no. right? No. No. Nothing that's going to pull you under. No. Some stingrays and that I've <laughs> Is caught. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. How Turtles. Do get, how do you get rid of them bad boys? You pair of needle nose. You just don't touch them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll hurt a little too much. Yes. Uh, I, I had a little birdie tell me that you also enjoy some country music. Yes. Okay. Enjoy a little bit of singing, too. Yes, I do. That I, I, like, I
1: did not know. Oh, yes. <clears throat> I do. I like a lot of
0: country. And George Strait, Travis Tritt. Tim McGraw. Okay, some of the classic yeah. country artists. Yep. Yeah. So is that, the, is that the stuff you enjoy singing as well, then? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Where can we see a sing? I don't know. I, know, do I was going to ask any, you to sing here, but I know no, you. No, I'm
1: not going to sing here,
0: but <laughs> I don't even know if we have a karaoke bar around here. Um, I do know of one, yeah. I mean, okay. It's, yeah, I know of actually a couple in the okay. area, but they're smaller. Okay. Smaller places, smaller venues, but that's a good place to yeah, go. That's just good ones, you know. So, so we can yeah. find some raw talent, put yeah. together a, as put long together as they got a cordless group here. Yeah.
1: As long as they got a cordless mic, I don't, need the, I don't need the screen. You like
0: to walk around a little? Oh, yeah, I, I go around and socialize. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you wear the cowboy hat. Yes. Not just because you won it a few years back, right? Well, I no, I wear a cowboy hat before that. Okay. So. All right. So just continuing that trend. Yep. Well, Larry, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for spending it with me and giving us a little insight in, into you, and, and uh, certainly we appreciate the job you do. Appreciate I have, it. Have a great day and be safe out there. All right, you too.